Listen to podcasts of Joe Walsh and Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. It's the morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, about, uh, I don't know, two decades ago, physics professor at NYU, Alan Sokol, did a bit of a sting with respect to all of these uh, academic journals uh, su- submitting basically fictional research work and seeing if it would get published to expose the lack of intellectual rigor with some of these journals and some of these uh, intellectuals that are otherwise given great deference because of their credentials. Uh, We talked about this um, last quarter of last year. A group of academics did the same thing. Uh, What they did is uh, submitted papers under the... uh, grievance studies rubric to uh, have the same to, to make the same exposures or at least to test to see if there is rigor with respect to these journals in um, assessing the quality of the research that's submitted for publication for example and I mean also if anybody's even reading anything uh, or if they are what is going through their minds one article that was submitted to an academic journal by this uh, group of academics essentially operating as undercover intellectual agents, if you will. Human reactions to rape culture and queer performativity at urban dog parks in Portland, Oregon. (laughs) Uh, As uh, a couple of uh, academics who wrote on behalf of uh, Peter Borgosian, who's a, a professor at Portland State University, said of dog park, that was by far the silliest of our papers, which was a point we always intended to reveal into in full to the public once our audit was completed. In it, we claimed extremely implausibly to have examined 10,000 dogs' genitals before inter- interrogating their owners about their sexual orientations. Um, the uh, response is as absurd as the premise of the paper. Uh, some academics, they report, claiming that the problem with the paper isn't that we didn't, a- is, is that we didn't actually examine the dog's genitals by the thousands. The only problem they have with the topic is the lack of, the de- is the lack of legitimate data, that they didn't do the work, if you will. It's remarkable. So you would think exposing fraud, right, if you're, propagating fraud through your own lack of due diligence that's exposing fraud these people who who uh, make decisions publication decisions for these academic journals particularly this whole research area of grievance studies you think you'd be rewarded for that people would be shamed there'd be some accountability there'd be new protocols put in place especially since we've been here for before like with the Sokol incident as i mentioned and if you think that you think whistleblowers or undercover academics interested in the integrity of academic journals, they think they'd be rewarded. That's where you'd be wrong. Uh, The aforesaid Peter Bogosian is being disciplined by Portland State University, and at least as of the writing of this article I read on the topic, he potentially faces termination. He is a professor of critical thinking, science, and pseudoscience, and the philosophy of education and atheism at Portland State University. Peter Borgosian, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. 
Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Good morning, Chicago. Good morning. Um, so did, did I fairly characterize, uh, summarize this uh, whole uh, timeline of what you and your colleagues did and where you currently stand? Yeah, you did a pretty good job. Uh, so there are a lot of moving parts to this. So yeah. We saw a problem in the academy, and we wanted to – we tried to talk to folks about it, but they were entrenched in this, in this dogma which has really has a strong ideological grip on the academy, and it's starting to spill out into the academy. We saw a problem with scholarship that wasn't rigorous and that was corrupted. So we submitted, we wrote 20 papers in a year, James Lindsay, Helen Pluck, Rose, and I, each one more preposterous, more asinine, and more ludicrous than the next. Stiff competition. And, uh, whoever came up with Dog Park, clearly the winner. Oh, thanks. Well, I, <laughs> it was all of us as a team effort, but I go to the I go to the dog park every day. It is true that that was a very, very ludicrous, silly and ludicrous paper, but really the other papers, a fat bodybuilding, that there should be a, a, a space and traditional bodybuilding for uh, morbidly obese people <laughs> to come in. <laughs> that, that was one that I don't know. This is a, I, I don't know how much I can say on the air, but that men should self-penetrate and um, experience that with their girlfriends so they'll be less tra transphobic. That was one. But there were others uh, that were all ludicrous about, you know, gender scholar goes to Hooters and uh, the yeah, dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, like I like the fat bodybuilding thing because it reminds me of Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze on Saturday Night Live when they're both Chippendales dancers. We've actually come to that as the – as like legitimate academic exploration now that used to be just a, a bit on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and it's a shame because people, that's eroding the confidence and the trust in our academic institutions, right? So we'd like to have a, a place or a can of literature, a body of knowledge where we can say, hey, you know, we know this. And how do we know this? We know this because it was studied and people tried to falsify it. And it's just, you know, it's a scientific method. But, but those mechanisms aren't in place in these journals and as a consequence of this people really have eroded trust in ha have their trust eroded in public institutions and, and so you've been brought before some uh, star chamber at portland state university for crimes against academia what explain uh, uh, professional misconduct yeah so i was found uh, guilty of um, not seeking irb approval irb is basically human subjects whenever you want to use human subjects. So even though there were no dogs, no, we didn't actually obviously look at the, any dog's genitals and interrogate their owners as to their sexual orientation, but the IRB was claiming that the reviewers of the journal are the human subjects. But I want to say that I actually sympathize with the uh, administration situation. You know, I don't, I don't know what kind of pressure they're under behind the scenes, but there was an anonymous public uh, letter by, I think, 10 or 11 or 12 of my colleagues. They wouldn't even sign their name to it. It's basically a hit piece in the school newspaper. Mm -hmm. And I think if that's anything to go by, it's significant. So uh, PSU really does need to make a decision, right? So they, they either need to use their institution of, institute of power to support me and the pursuit of truth, right? Because these folks have placed an agenda before their tr the truth, an ideological and political agenda. Or they side with the grievance studies bullies and uh, the people who are, are pressing them behind the scenes.
Well, and, and so you said you've been found guilty. So are you you're facing termination, as I understand it? Is that a possibility? That can be. Look, fabrication of data is a very, very serious academic offense, um, as is pl- plagiarism. You know, we plagiarized Mein Kampf, Hitler's book. <laughs> right. And but I mean, we, yeah, right. <laughs> we, I'll, cop, I'll cop to that one. I'm guilty to that. So, you know, we plagiarized Mein Kampf and we wrote it as a feminist text. Right. Uh, but these are very, very serious charges. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> so I probably I shouldn't be laughing, but no, but it is really serious. I could face potential termination. Well, it's um, it's serious because it's it's I mean, it's um, it's just through the looking glass. This is this is crazy. And I and I, I know to um, some of your supporters, too. I mean, this is not you, you mentioned ideology at the beginning, the ideology of the grievance studies, folks. This is not like left right ideology. I noticed that people supporting you. Include, uh, you know, the no, the, the noted atheist uh, Richard Dawkins has written a letter on your behalf. Yeah, well, I'm an atheist too, so I don't. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> so, well, there you go. Even uh, more to my point. Yeah, so here's what's really interesting: uh, letters of support from everybody. It's so amazing. Students, academics, high-profile intellectuals—they're just flooding into PSU, and I really can't keep up. So these folks fully support our grievance studies poll because they're just fed up with this corruption of scholarship and they're sick of university administrators supporting these, this cadre of bullies who operate in these disciplines. So, so they're saying enough is enough. And the interesting thing is that they're now putting their names on these letters. So they're not scared anymore. Mm. These people have bullied everyone in calling them racist, all right, Nazi, homophobe, sexist, misogynist, and people are tired of it. I'm tired of it. Do you think that uh, incidents like yours, but even the evolution of this, uh, the sort of the um, mugging uh, of Brett Weinstein at Evergreen State, uh, Brett Weinstein, Jonathan Haidt, some of these other people that are getting together who are not, you know, conservatives like me, but they believe in academic freedom and the integrity of the education and and the the scholarship. Do you think that is actually turning the tide at all on college campus? That's a very, very difficult question. Um, I, don't, I don't know. You know, Brett's a very good friend of mine, and I just had drinks with him the other night. I don't know the answer to that question. We've talked about that extensively. I do want to say it is irrelevant to me that you are a conservative and I am a liberal. Yeah. You have conservative views, and any views that don't adhere to the dominant moral orthodoxy aren't welcome on campus anymore. And... Uh, I want to hear your views, and I want to engage you publicly, and I want students to engage those views as well. And what we're seeing happen right now is that there is a dominant moral orthodoxy on university campuses, and if anybody doesn't toe the the party line, they can't ask questions. And so conservatives are then losing trust in the university system, right? Yes. Liberals— and, and conservatives who are there feel isolated and marginalized, and that's exactly the opposite of the way they should feel, because they should we should have a diversity of thought. So that's not what these folks are talking about when they throw out the word diversity and safe spaces and trigger warnings. So, well, and the other is, problem with that is that liberals, people who hold liberal views, and I want to say one more thing: people who hold liberal views, they don't get their views challenged. They only hear one side of the issue. So they become brittle 
in their ways of dealing with things. So they, you know, cry or they're offended or they call you names or they run away, but they don't engage the arguments. Right. Yeah. And it would seem to me that an additional problem, too, that that's maybe underappreciated get your reaction is uh, you're going to lose great intellectuals because they're not going to want to be in environments like this where you can be fired or have to go through this uh, ordeal that you're going through because you're trying to properly expose less than quality scholarship. That's correct. And I I think it's really important to know that it doesn't happen to matter. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle the scholarship is coming from. Like, you know, phonology, the this yeah. bumps on the head thing when people used to believe that you can make inferences about someone's intelligence and personality from bumps on the head, studying bumps on the head. So if somebody is a – if a bunch of liberals get together and they start propagating this ridiculous, uh, you know, belief system of phrenology, if I say, hey, wait a minute, there's not enough evidence for that, that doesn't make me a conservative. That just makes me a guy who thinks there's not enough evidence for phrenology, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what we have now is we have entire disciplines that have been corrupted academically. And as you mentioned, Brett, as Brett said, he calls it idea laundering. This is this is just the perfect description. So a bunch of people get together. They have these strong moral impulses, like they really feel something. They don't know what to do about it. So they start journals, and they launder their ideas. They, it starts as an idea. They put it through a peer-reviewed journal, and on the other side, it comes out knowledge. Then they take those papers that come out, mm. and they not only do they teach kids in class, you know, our college kids, but when they're asked how they know something, unlike the Christian who says, well, I know it, I have my faith, these people point to their canon of scholarship. Well, this is how we know. But the problem is that those canons of scholarship are corrupted. Those papers are illegitimate. And what we did is we delegitimized those canons by showing that they're, they're just preposterous. Idea laundering. I do like that a lot. I think that's a great description of what's happening. He's uh, Dr. Peter Bogosian. Uh, evolu- you're an evolutionary biologist, yes? No, I'm. I'm. Oh. Uh, I teach uh, philosophy at Portland State University at oh. the moment. I oh. teach philosophy at Portland State University. Okay, at the moment. Uh, okay, uh, professor of critical thinking philosophy at Portland State University, and also too, were you an elected official in Oregon? Yeah, I was a councilman for the state libraries, and I served on the uh, prison advisory committee. I did my dissertation, and then on how to improve the critical thinking and moral reasoning of prison inmates. And then I later ran for a little local office, or I don't even know if the office is the right word, but a position here at Columbia River Correctional Institution. No, oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, uh, good luck to you with respect to the disciplinary action you're facing at Portland State. We'll be uh, following your story. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it. He joined us on the turnkey.pro answer line. You've made the switch, and it feels so good. You've switched to Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560.